Shalom to all. Today's office is Kesubis Nafnu and Dalad. We are starting the second to last narrow line at the two dots. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Yaakov Meisha, Her Neshama Shadav and Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yontif, Ben Rosher Anshul, His Neshama Shadav and Aliyah. And we continue to talk about tonight's Suba, the Mishnah that said Ate Yosef Beisi. This is the tonight's Suba is that once her husband passes away, as long as she's still living in her husband's house, she gets supported by his estate, meaning the Yusayim have to pay for her food from the Yerusha. Now the Lashon of the Mishnah is Call you may Meger Al Menusech Beisi, as long as you are in Almana in my house. Now we make a diak in that Lashon. That's only if she's living in his house, but not in his hut. If he doesn't have a house, he only has a tiny little hut to live in, and there's not enough room for all the Yusayimim and her, so she does not get to live there. But she still gets Mazainis, they still have to pay for her food. He says, She doesn't even get Mazainis, since she's not living in the house, so she doesn't get Mazainis either. He tells us, Let's say someone was Tevea her to get married. She's an Almana, she doesn't have a husband, someone goes out with her and says, Hey, would you like to get married to me? Vinispaisa, and she was Nispaisa. She agreed. She said, Yes, I'll get married to you. In Lamazinus, she does not get Mazinus anymore. Why is that? So let's focus on that Lashon again. The key over here being, as long as you have the status of an Almana, namely, you're still connected in spirit and emotion. The moment we see that she wants to move on and isn't connected to her deceased husband anymore, then she doesn't fall under the Tanaik Suba of Almanusech Babesi and loses her Mazinus. She agreed over here to get married to somebody else. Clearly, she's not connected to her deceased husband anymore, so she loses Mazinus. The Gemara says, Hold on a second. But does that mean that if she didn't agree to get married, she said, I don't want to get married to you, and she still would get Mazinus? Just because she didn't want to marry this fellow, that doesn't mean that she's still connected to her husband. It could be she decided that she didn't want to marry him because she doesn't like him, but it still shows that she's disconnected herself from her husband to the extent that she should lose out on her Mazinus. So I'm Ravon, and he answers, I'll explain this memory as follows. If she says, The reason why I don't want to marry you is because of my husband, I still honor my deceased husband, and that's why I'm not going to marry you. She gets Mazinus because she's still connected to her husband. However, if she says, the reason why I'm not going to marry you is because you're not fitting for me, so then she does not get Mazinus anymore because she's clearly showing that she's willing to move on from her husband. This person happens not to be a good husband for her. However, in general, she's willing to move on from her husband. And similarly, Amr Chisli tells us, Zinsav, she was Mazana in She loses out on Mazinus. Clearly, she shows that she's willing to move on from her husband. Amr Yosef, he tells us, if she put on makeup or she braided her hair, meaning she's trying to make herself beautiful to attract other men, she loses out on her Mazinus. Now, Manda Omer Zinsa, the one that says she loses out on her Mazinus when she's Mazana, for sure if she puts on makeup and if she braids her hair. However, Manda Omer according to the Manda Omer, that she loses her Mazinus if she puts on makeup or braids her hair, but if she was Mazana, she still will get Mazinus. My time why is that? Because Yetzer Ansa, her Yetzer, her desire to have relations clearly overcame her, and that's why she was Mazana, but that doesn't show that she's moving on from her husband. However, now the Gemara tells us, the Halacha is not like all these things that we just mentioned. It's just like the following memra. If she's Tevea her Ksuba and Bezdin, she brings the Arshim to Bezdin and she says, I want you to pay me my Ksuba, then Ain Lamazinus, she doesn't get Mazinus anymore. Because then she's showing very clearly that she wants to move on from her husband. But all these previous things that we just mentioned isn't showing that she's moving on from her husband and she still would have Mazinus in those cases. Ask Mara Valai, she really wouldn't get Mazinus if she's Tevea her Ksuba, Vatan, you have a Brisa, Machra Ksubasa, if she sold her Ksuba, Umashkana Ksubasa, or she used her Ksuba as a Mashkan as a collateral, or Asta Ksubasa Apotiki Lachar, if she made her Ksuba an Apotiki for something else. In other words, the lane that was supposed to be used to pay her Ksuba, she decided to designate that land to pay off a different loan, then in all these scenarios, Ain Lamazonis, she loses out on her Mazonis because in essence, she's being Michael or giving away her Ksuba. What do we learn from here? Hani in It's only these situations where she loses out on her Mazonis. But if she's Tevea or Ksuba, it doesn't say in this Bryce that she loses out on her Mazonis. So Gmar says, no, that's not a question. Hani, Bain Bebezin, Bain Shalai Bebezin. In all these scenarios in the Bryce that we mentioned, whether she did this in Bezin or out of Bezin, she's going to lose her Mazonis. However, Tevas, if she's Tevea or Ksuba, Bebezin, if she does so in Bezin, in, so then she's going to lose out on her Mazonis. 
but if she was Tevayet out of Bezdin, so then she's not going to lose out on her Mazinus. And that's why the Brasil left out the case of Tevas Ksuba, because it doesn't match up with the other cases. But she still will lose out on her Mazinus if she's Tevayet Ksuba in Bezdin. Oh, yeah, this is what the people of Yerushalayim and Galil, this is what they would write in their Ksubas, that as long as she's living in the house, she gets Mazinus. However, the people of Yehuda used to write, as long as you haven't received your Ksuba. And we learn from there that in Yehuda, the Yisimim can force her to receive her Ksuba, and then they don't have to pay her Mazinus anymore. Itmar, Rav, Amar, Yehuda. Rav says that is like the people of Yehuda, that they could force her to take her Ksuba, and then they don't have to pay her Mazinus anymore. Ushmul Amar, he says, Halachakanshi Galil. The Allah is like the people of Galil, that they can't force her to take her Ksuba. Only if she's willing to take her Ksuba, then she takes it, and then she won't get Mazinus anymore. However, if she's not willing to take her Ksuba, they can't force her to take it, and they would still have to continue giving her Mazinus. Now the Gemara tells us that Bavil, Vachar Pavadaha, Bavil, and all of its environs, all the cities around it, no Karav, their Minig was like Rav, Naradah, Vachal Pavadaha, no Kishmul, Naradah, and all of its environs, all of its surrounding cities did like Shmuel. And we have a story about this. Ahibas Mechuzah, there was a woman that came from Mechuzah, which is in the area of Bavel, the Havas Nesibel and Arda, she married someone from Narda. Also, Kamei Drav Nachman, they came to Rav Nachman, meaning her husband passed away, and the Yarshim came to Rav Nachman, and Shamla called the Bas Mechuzahi, and they heard from her voice that she was from Mechuzah. They were able to tell from her accent and from her inflection that she was from Mechuzah. So Amlohi told them, Bavel Lachar Pavadaha, no Kerav. Bavel and all surrounding cities, including Mechuzah, they have the minute to do like Rav, and therefore you, Yasimim, can pay her Ksuba, and you don't have to give her Mazinus anymore. But now, Amrulay, the people that were on her side told Rav Nachman, Bahal and Arda Nesiba, she was married to someone from Narda. Armelhuso, he told them, Iachif, that's so, Narda, Vachal Parvada, no Kishmul. Narda and all of its environs, they hold like Shmuel, which means that the Yarshim are not allowed to force her to take the Ksuba. Now we just clarify, Va'ad Hecha Narda, up until where is it concerned Narda? Ad Hecha the Sagi Kava de Narda, every area had their particular measurements, and wherever the Kav of Narda is used, that's concerned Narda. I think Mark continues, Itmar was stated, Almana, Rav Amr, he says, Shaman Masha'aleha, we evaluate that which is on her. Ushmul Amr, he says, Ain Shaman Masha'aleha, we do not evaluate that which is on her. According to Rav, when she's coming to get her Ksuba, we evaluate the clothing that she has. If she has a money worth of clothing and her ksuba is two money, so she only gets one money because she already has a money's worth of clothing. Shmuel says, we don't do that and we have to give her her full ksuba without counting how much clothing she has. Now, Amr Chibar Oven, he tells us, Rav and Shmuel hold the exact opposite when it comes to locket. What's a locket? It's somewhat similar to what we would call a live-in. This fellow lives with the owner, with the balabayas, and for a set wage, he does just about anything that needs to be done. Now, let's say the balabayas provided him with clothing. And now when he's leaving, the balabayas wants to deduct the cost of the clothing from his wages. Rav says that this is not allowed to be done because the Balabais always knew that he would eventually leave. And that's different than the woman's clothing, which according to Rav is counted as part of her ksuba because her husband only gave it to her because they were married. The moment she chooses to, so to speak, go or leave, which means she's collecting her ksuba, the clothing goes back to the husband and if she takes it, it's counted as part of her ksuba, whereas Shmuel holds the opposite. Rav Kahani Masi, Rav Kahani taught that the same thing is with Lakit. The same thing that Rav holds with Ksuba, he holds with Lakit as well. And Shmuel too, his sheet is consistent with Ksuba and Lakit. Now, Manach Basimana, Rav gave a simon, Yasma, Varamata, a Yasam, which over here is referring to a Lakit. And in Almana, Shalach Upaik. They have to take off their clothing and then they could leave. It doesn't literally mean that they have to take off their clothing, it just means that if they don't want to have to pay for their clothing, count it as part of their wages or as part of their Ksuba, they have to leave it with the Baal Bayas or with the Yasimim, and then Pike means they would have to leave. If they want to take it, so then it's counted as part of their wages or the ksuba. Now, Rav Nachman, he tells us, even though we have a mission that says like Shmuel, the Allah is like Rav. We have a Mishnah. Whether a person is Makdash, his Nechasim, he donates them to the base of Mekdash, or a person is Marich himself, he says he's going to give his Erech and value to the base of Mekdash. He doesn't get. Who's the he? The he is referring to the Gizbar, the representative of the base of Mekdash that's going to come and take away all of his Nechasim or is going to take his Erech and value. So that Gizbar is not allowed to take, not the clothing of his wife, 
Banov, and not the clothing of his kids, and not the colorful clothing that he had the person die for his wife and children, and not the new sandals or shoes that he bought for them. So we see from here that his wife's clothing is considered hers, they're not considered his clothing, so therefore, when his wife collects her ksuba, the clothing is not part of the ksuba. Normally, Rav Nachman, so Rav if we have a mission that says like Shmuel, so then why are you saying Allah is like Rav? So Amrullah he answered him, the flow of the Mishnah definitely seems to be like Shmuel. However, when you delve into it, you see that Allah is really like Rav. Now, my time, why is that? Because when he was mocking his clothing to her, that's only with Das that she's going to remain with him. But he wasn't mocking his clothing to her with Das that she's going to now take it and leave him. So we see that we really paskin like Rav, and now that she's leaving him, in other words, she's collecting her ksuba, so now she's going to take her clothing with her, that's going to count as part of her ksuba. Now a few stories illustrating this. Kalasa de Bay one of the daughters-in-law of the family of Baral Yashiv, she was being tevei her ksuba from the Yusayimim. When she was bringing them to Bezdin, Amri, they told her, it's really degrading for us for you to show up like this. She was just wearing simple clothing. They said, you should put on much nicer clothing when you come to Bezdin. So Azla, she went, she put on all of her nice clothing and all of her nice jewelry, and then they came to Ravina, he told him, he says, Almana, Shaman, Mashallah. And Almana, when she's collecting her ksuba, she gets evaluated for everything that she has on her. And now that she showed up to Bezin with all of her clothing and all of her jewelry, that gets counted as part of the ksuba. And the Yusayim understood that this would be the psak, and that's why they told her that she should get dressed up before she comes to Bezin, so she can't lie and say, Oh, I don't have any clothing, I don't have any jewelry. Now that she's in Bezin wearing all of her clothing and all of her jewelry, it's very clear that she does have, and that's going to be part of the ksuba. And another story, there was a father that told the Yarshim, he was on his deathbed, he told the people that were going to yarshin him, Nodonya Libras. You must give a Nodonya dowry to my daughter. Now, a basic dowry included a certain amount of clothing and jewelry that was standard across the board. So the Yusayim knew exactly how much everything would cost. Now, as all Nodonya, if the cost of the Nodonya went down, Amrav Idibar Avin, Purnal Yasmi, the gains, the profit, go to the Yusayim. Let's say if purchased at the time the father instructed them, everything would have cost $100, and by now the prices have dropped and everything could be purchased for $75. So that gain of $25 goes to the Yusayim. They don't have to give her all $100. And so in Ruliyah, Huda Amr Lahu, there was a father on his deathbed that told the Yusayimim, 400 zuz of my wine should go to the daughter, meaning that's going to be her dowry. Now wine went up in price. So Amrav Yosef, he says, Rav Chaliasmi, that gain, that profit goes to the Yusayimim. And another story, they had a relative of their father, she would make him lose out on a lot of mezainas, on a lot of food. What does that mean, she would make him lose out? That means she ate an incredible amount of food when she was married to him. And they were afraid that after their father died, she would continue eating so much, she would end up eating up their entire Yerusha. So Azul Kamei Rabbi Yechanan, they went to Rabbi Yechanan to ask him what they're supposed to do about this. Amr he told them, Go and tell your father, that he should be miyached, he should set aside a land for her mezainas, meaning that her mezainas should only come from the profits of this piece of property. And if it's not enough for her, then tough luck. So they did this, they went to the father, and the father did this in front of Adim, but then Azul Kamei they went to Rabbi after the father passed away. Amr he told them, Actually, what you've done is increase her mezainas. That if you don't give her enough mezainas from the Yerusha, she's allowed to take mezainas from that piece of property. Now, Amrulay, they told him, Rabbi Yechanan didn't say that. So, Amrulahu, Rishlakish told him, Zilu Havula, you better give her all the mezainas she wants. And if you don't do that, I'm going to take Rabbi Yechanan out of your ears. Meaning, I'm going to put you in cherem and I'm going to force you to listen to my psak. 
Now also come Rabbi Yechanan. After this, they went to Rabbi Yechanan. Amr Luhu, he told them, Ma'asa, what am I supposed to do? Shekinegdi Chalukolai, someone who's on my level, he's arguing with me, and I have to listen to Rish Lakish's opinion. Now Amr Abavo, Abavo said, This sheet of Rabbi Yechanan was explained to me. It seemed to be Rabbi Yechanan was chayzer on what he said, so it was explained to me what happened over here. Amar Limazinus, if he said this piece of property is for her Mazinus, Ribala Mazinus. So then he's just increased her Mazinus, that if she doesn't get enough from the Yusaymim, she's allowed to take Mazinus also from this piece of property. However, Amar Bim Mazinus, if he said this piece of property is your Mazinus, not that it's for your Mazinus, but it is the source of your Mazinus, so then Katzal Mazinus, he successfully set a certain amount of Mazinus where she could get from only from this field and not more than that. Since this man said Lim Mazinus, he in essence ended up giving her more Mazinus as opposed to less Mazinus. Mazdor finishing the fourth pair of Zechus Ksubis. We should be Zechus to finish this entire Mazechus together, and of course, all of Shas together. And moving on to this brand new parak, we actually already had this Mishnah before. We used it as a riot for previous Gemaras. Now we have the original version of the Mishnah. Even though they said, Chazal said, that a Basula gets 200 and Almana gets 100, if he wants to add on to her Ksuba, even if he wants to add on 100 Mana, yes, if he's allowed to do so. Let's say in his Armalan is Garsha, if she became an Almana or she got divorced, whether this was after Erison or after Nisuin, she gets to collect everything. She gets to collect her base Ksuba payment of either 100 or 200 and the Toysefes. However, he says, if she got divorced or widowed from Nisuin, then she gets to take everything. But if she got divorced or widowed from Erison, then if she was a Basula, she gets 200. If she was an Almana, she gets a Mana, meaning she gets her basic Ksuba. Because he only wrote the Toysefes, the added on extra, with intent that he was going to end up marrying her, but since he never ended up marrying her, so he never had intent to give her the Tosefes. Now, Rabbi Hudaimer, he tells us, If he wants, he could write a shtar of 200 for a basula, and she's allowed to write back to him, I got 100 from you, if he's marrying an almana, he can write a shtar of a mana for her, and she could write back to him, I got 50 zuz from you. Even though she didn't receive 50 zuz, and she didn't receive a mana from him, she's still able to write for him that she received half the ksuba, in other words, she's being meichel on half the ksuba. Whereas our mayor, Eimer, he says, anyone that's going to give less than 200 for a basula or less than almana to a mana, that's considered a be'ilaznos. In other words, he's not allowed to give less than 200 or 100. That is the bare minimum payment. Now, I think Mar starts out with a question on the concept of Tesefus Ksuba. Pshita, isn't it obvious? Why should he not be allowed to add on to the Ksuba? The base payment is 100 or 200. Why shouldn't he be allowed to add on? What does the Mishnah have to tell us? If he wants to add on Tesefus Ksuba, he could add on as much as he wants. So the Gemara answers, you might have thought, that the Rabbanon made a set amount, so it's not to embarrass someone that doesn't have. Everyone's adding on to the Ksuba, they're being very generous, and this poor fellow doesn't have anything to add on, and he's going to be embarrassed. So maybe people are not allowed to add on to their Ksuba. Kamashman, the Chiddush is, if a person wants to be generous, he wants to add on, no problem, he's allowed to add on as much as he wants. Now the Mishnah had said, in Ratzel Heis, if he wants to add on, he can add on. But now we make a deek in the Mishnah. It doesn't say if he wants to write for her, he can write for her an additional amount. It says if he wants to add on, which implies if he wants to add on to the base payment of the Ksuba, which means that the Tosefes Ksuba is part and parcel of the Ksuba. It's not like a separate amount that he's writing for her separately, which is going to be considered a gift. It's considered part of the actual Ksuba. This is a riot for Rav Evu said in the name of Yanai. The Tanai Ksuba, this Tosefes Ksuba, is exactly like the Ksuba. Nafkamina, what's a Nafkamina? Why do we care if the Tosefes Ksuba is part of the Ksuba? So there's actually 14 Nafkaminas. If she sells her Ksuba or if she's Michael on it, she's also selling and being Michael the Tosefes. If she rebels, if a woman rebels by not being with her husband, Bezin takes off a certain amount from her Ksuba every week until there's nothing left. 
left, and then he could divorce her without having to pay the ksuba. The Tisefis ksuba is included in this. Ulapaygemes, and if she blemishes her ksuba, what does that mean? If he claims he paid the entire ksuba, she claims that she only got some of it. She wasn't kaifer akal. She didn't say, I got nothing. She said, I got some of it. So that's called being paygemet, and she has to make a shvua in order to receive her ksuba. This halacha is true, even if she admits to receiving only the Tisefis, she still would need to swear. Lutaivas, if she's being tevea ksuba, as we learned on Ahmed Aleph, if she's being tevea only the Tisefis, that's still considered being tevea her ksuba. Uleveris aldas, if she's Iveris aldas, that means if she's over on certain halachas or basic accepted practices, then she forfeits her ksuba, and that includes the Tisefis ksuba as well. Nun Hayomad Alpha on top, Shavach for appreciation, the husband's property went up in value after he died. She does not collect her ksuba or the Tisefis ksuba from that appreciation. Lishvua, in regards to making a shvua, there are certain cases where a woman would need to swear in order to be able to collect her ksuba. She would also need to swear for the Tisefis as well. Ulishvias, for Shemitah purposes, we know the Shemitah is Mishamate, it cancels all loans. It does not cancel the husband's chiv to pay her ksuba, nor does it cancel the Tisefis. In regards to one writing all of his nechasim over to his sons, if a man writes over all of his possessions to his children and leaves a small piece of property over for his wife, if she doesn't protest, she's considered to have forfeited her ksuba as well as a Tisefis. To collect from Karka, we know the ksuba is only collected from Karka, not from a Tatalin. Tisefis ksuba as well. To collect from the inferior Karka, we know that as opposed to a loan, which is collected from average properties, ksuba is only collected from Ziburis, from the most inferior properties. The same goes with Tisefes. And as long as she's in her father's house, if after the husband's death she goes to her father's house, she has up until 25 years to collect her ksuba. If she waits longer than that, she loses her ksuba and the Tisefes. And last but not least, Luxubas Benendichrin. As we said, Ksubas Benendichrin is a Tanai ksuba that her ksuba and that which her father gave her as a dowry goes to her children, not her husband's other children from a different wife. That's not only her ksuba, but also Tisefes ksuba. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with a memory regarding Ksubas Benendichrin. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.